And if you've got your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to read from verse 1 through to 7. Have you found Proverbs? If you're there, say yes. If you're not there yet, say wait for me. Is it those on Android that we're waiting for? Proverbs chapter 4, I'm going to be reading from verse 1 onwards, and it says, Hear, my children, the instructions of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Someone say, get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Someone say, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Amen? This morning, I want to share on the topic, how to be wise, how to be wise. And if I had a subtitle, it would be walking in wisdom. How to be wise, walking in wisdom. Father Lord, we just thank you once again for the opportunity to gather here this morning. We just pray that over these next few moments as we go into a time of your word, that our hearts and our minds and our ears will be open to receive everything that you have in store for us this morning. We pray, Lord, that your word will convict us, it will challenge us, it will empower us into change, and above all, Lord Jesus, we pray, Lord, that you will meet us at our point of need this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How to be wise walking in wisdom. In the Bible, wisdom and knowledge are two reoccurring themes, but they are, of course, not the same thing. They are reoccurring themes, but they are not the same thing. Knowledge is information. That is the know-how or the understanding of a thing. That is knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to discern, have good judgment, and know how to apply a thing. Knowledge is the know-how. Wisdom is knowing how to apply the know-how. Knowledge is what you gain in the lesson or in the class. Wisdom is knowing when and how to apply the knowledge gained in that class or lesson. This means that you can be knowledgeable, but not necessarily wise. Did you hear what I said? You can be knowledgeable, but not necessarily wise. Both, by the way, which are separate spiritual gifts. Now, the word uh, wisdom comes from the Hebrew word hokmah, and in the Greek, it's Sophia, hence where we get the name Sophia from. However, the Bible shows us that there are two types of wisdom. There is heavenly wisdom and there is earthly demonic wisdom. Yes, you heard me correctly, earthly demonic wisdom. And we see this in James chapter 3, verses 13 to 16. And you can turn there with me should you choose to. In James 3, 13 to 16, it says, Who is wise and understanding amongst you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. 
This wisdom, someone say this wisdom. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So we see from that scripture that James refers to bitterness, envy, and self-seeking as a type of wisdom. He says this wisdom, and he classes it as earthly and sensual and demonic. With that, my question is, why does he call it wisdom if it's earthly, if it's sensual, if it's demonic? The reason why he calls it wisdom is because it's wisdom in the carnal sense. In other words, it's wisdom to those who are of the world. To give you an example, if we are of the world, so just imagine for a moment that you're not holy. I know that's too hard for some of you, but just imagine for a moment that you weren't holy and you weren't saved. If we were both unsaved, earthly, demonic, sensual, self-seeking wisdom says, me and you are going for the same job. I do everything I can to discredit you and to discourage you so that I can get that job. Have you ever heard people say, I'll do anything it takes to get to the top, irrespective of who's in my way? That makes sense to people of the world. I've got to get to the top, so therefore wisdom says to me, I discredit you, I discourage you, I'll put you down so that I can get to the top. That is earthly, self-seeking wisdom. However, to someone who is in Christ, which I hope and I'm sure many of you are, we walk from the wisdom that is above, that is from heaven, and that God has given to us, which includes integrity and character. And the wisdom we are to live by is to come from above, as I mentioned, and is found in that very same scripture in James 3 and verse 17. It says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. That is the wisdom that comes from above. It's clear, it's there written in the word for us. So how do we know when someone is walking in earthly wisdom? And how do we know when someone is walking in wisdom that is from above? Well, again, James shows us in verse 13 of James chapter 3. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. James shows us that one's conduct in meekness is a sign of the type of wisdom that they live by. Now, studying this text in context, James also shows us that in addition to one's action, Wisdom is also revealed in one's conversations. Commentary further suggests that James was saying that people who walk in wisdom, their conversation is designed to inform, it's designed to heal, and it's designed to do good. It is not designed to do mischief, it's not prideful, and it does not do evil to others or to one's self. So it's important that we get the right wisdom. Tell the person next to you, get the right wisdom. Now, there are many reasons, of course, that you will need wisdom in life, but let me give you three of those reasons that you might not have considered this morning. Number one, 
You need wisdom to be and stay focused. You need wisdom to be and stay focused. In Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, the psalmist said, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. When you look at the bigger picture in life, you understand that you have to use your time wisely. I was saying to someone this morning before service started that here we are already. Just a few moments ago, we said Happy New Year. By this time next week, it will already be the 16th of January. The days are flying by quickly. It's already getting dark at 2, 3 o'clock. 2022 is trying to sprint away from us. We must use wisdom to use our time wisely because how many of you know that if you're going to achieve a significant purpose in life, you cannot be at everything that you are invited to. Did you hear what I said? This year, you won't be able to attend every invitation that you're given for every party and for every gathering because you will need to know how to use your time wisely. And the psalmist said, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. When you start to gain wisdom, you start to realize what you do and do not have time for. You begin to realize what you should and shouldn't be focusing on because you remember that you are not here on this earth forever. And therefore, you are to focus on the things that are pure, productive, peaceful, and purposeful, as the scripture has told us. Secondly, you need wisdom to know when to speak and when to be silent. I like that silence right there. You need wisdom to know when to speak and when to be silent. I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 19 to you from three different versions. From the New King James, from the NLT, and also from the Message version as well. In the New King James version, it says, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The New Living Translation says, Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Tell the person next to you that keep your mouth shut part. Is he talking about you or? The message version says this, the more talk, the less truth. I love that. The more talk, the less truth, the wise measure their words. I don't know about you, but when I have a multitude of words to say about a person or a situation, I do my best to say nothing. I do my best to say nothing, and I am slow to speak even as Scripture advises us to be. And it is wisdom. It is wisdom to know when to speak and when not to speak. It is wisdom to know what and who to speak up for and what and who not to speak up for or about. It requires wisdom. And Jesus modeled this in scripture. There were times where people would just think a thing and Jesus would know the thoughts of those in question. And the Bible would tell us that he would respond or Jesus said he would respond to even their thoughts, let alone their words. But there were also times when Jesus knew it was wise to say nothing. An example of that is when he's brought before Pontius Pilate and he's questioned as to whether he's the king of the Jews. The Bible says he answered them 
nothing. He said no words. Jesus had wisdom to know when to speak, and he also had wisdom to know when not to speak. Now, some people think that the quickest way to wisdom is to say nothing under the guise of, I don't want to get involved. No. There are times where you're going to need to ask God for wisdom because maybe the wise thing at that time would be to say something. We know this because the word of God says a fitly spoken word is a blessing. And in fact, sometimes, how many of you know saying nothing is also saying something? So there are times where it is wisdom to say something. But I've also learned that sometimes it's even best to say I don't know what to say rather than say nothing. Sometimes it's best to be honest and say I don't know rather than not say anything. Sometimes it's best to speak up about how you feel rather than fester it in on the inside and let it eat away from you. Likewise, in the same manner, sometimes people feel that they need to speak or defend themselves or someone in a situation, whereas sometimes you have to be silent and let God be the judge and defender. It is not every accusation that you can afford yourself to respond to, especially when we know that the Bible says in the multitude of words, there is sin. And therefore, knowing when to speak and when to be silent requires wisdom. Thirdly, you need wisdom to be of influence. And in order to be influential in any setting, in any setting, you have to have an understanding of the culture of that setting. You also have to be competent and you also need character. Someone say culture, someone say competence, and someone say character. Now let's look at these three in a little bit more detail. And I'm going to use the church and the workplace as our examples this morning. When it comes to culture, many people go into a church or a workplace not trying to understand the culture, but trying to get the culture to adapt to them, their ways of thinking and their ways of doing things. I once heard a pastor tell a story, a true story of a conversation that he had with a lady at his church. This lady spoke to this pastor at the end of service and was complaining about the things that they didn't do in that church and was questioning why don't we do this and why don't we do that and so on and so forth and so the pastor proceeded to ask the lady did you do all of those things at your previous church to which she said yes we did all of this at our previous church this is why I'm complaining because we don't do this and we don't do that and we don't do this to which he then responded to her by saying why would we want to make this church like the church you left to come here. In other words, why would we duplicate the very thing that you left to come to? In other words, you have come from one culture and tried to bring that culture into this culture rather than understanding and respecting the culture that we have here. And there are many people who think that they are embracing a new beginning but not long into a year, into a place, into a situation, do they find themselves wanting their culture to be preeminent in their space. Adapting to a culture or to a thing 
or to a place isn't compromising. It's understanding how things are done in order to execute the wisdom that's going to bring about change in those places. Daniel, in the word of God, adapted to culture, as did Joseph, both of them without compromising, and both were influential because they used wisdom in their culture. Hence why we talk about them today, and I'm going to talk about Daniel in a few moments as proof of that. Second to culture, you need competence. Someone say competence. You cannot be of influence without showing a level of competence, which requires both knowledge and wisdom. Competence is the language of the world, and it's also the language of the church. Again, using the church and the workplace as our examples, let me tell you this. People will not listen to you and what you have to say about your God if you do not do good work in your workplace, if you shirk off early, if you do not be an example in the workplace, your lifestyle is your biggest form of evangelism. So if you want to be influential, you have to be competent. But if you don't have a level of competence in your workplace because you've not asked God for the wisdom to be competent in your workplace, trust me, they are not going to listen to what you have to say about your God. So if you are leaving work early, if you are not getting your tasks done that are set ahead of you, just understand that when you are preaching, you are not preaching a good example of Christ. It is important that you walk in wisdom and in walking in wisdom, find yourself competent in order to be of influence in these spaces. Joseph was competent. That's why he was given positions, titles and authority. This is why people listened to him. You need wisdom that leads to competency and that will give you the influence you need in a space or in a sphere. But apart from culture and competence, you also need character. Someone say character. Character is about doing what is right because it's right. It's about doing the right thing irrespective of how you feel or what you think should be done. In fact, I would encourage you to go in your own time and read Psalm chapter 15. Because in Psalm chapter 15, David asks God a question. And the question that David asks God is, what is the type of character that is required of a person to be in your presence? The actual chapter, chapter 15 in Psalm, is titled, The Character of Those Who May Dwell with the Lord. It's only five verses. It's only five verses. And it talks about the type of character you need to be in the presence of God. Five verses that, if you study in context, brings out so much about the type of character that is required of you in our faith walk. Now that we know that we need wisdom for many things, by the way, we need wisdom in order to discern, have good judgment, know how to apply knowledge to a thing, whether that thing is our homes, our families, our relationships, our marriages, our friendships, our relationships, a career or a particular decision that you need to make. The question then now becomes, how do we become wise? How do we get this wisdom that comes from above? And so I want to give you just a couple of steps as to how you can become wise and how you can gain the wisdom that you need for your faith walk.
Number one, of course, first of all, you have to desire and seek godly wisdom. You have to desire and seek godly wisdom. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 2, and I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. It says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. We see from the word of God that you have to desire wisdom in order to get the wisdom that you require. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the book of Proverbs, but the book of Proverbs begins with a father's instruction to a son. And it ends with a woman's instruction to a son or a mother's instruction to the son. Hence, we have the Proverbs 31 woman, right? But at the beginning of Proverbs, if you read the beginning of Proverbs, you will see that when David is talking to Solomon, all David is telling Solomon is desire wisdom, pursue wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Chase wisdom. Don't chase riches. Don't chase anything. Just chase wisdom. And David tells Solomon, whenever you get the opportunity, whenever you are asked, whenever it is afforded of you, always pick wisdom as the principal thing as a result of David drumming that into his son Solomon's life of course when we come to the book of first Kings, chapter 3 after Solomon has made a sacrifice God says to Solomon ask me of anything that you would like and of course what does Solomon do he remembers the wisdom that his father gave him he remembers the sound advice that's been drummed into his heart and so David takes that knowledge, okay, gives it to Solomon. Solomon finds himself in a moment where he's been afforded anything he would like. He remembers the wisdom from his father, knowledge, and he applies it by actually asking for wisdom. Now, some of us, when we read that story, it's very easy to look back and think, oh, that's great, Solomon asked for wisdom, but I want you to know that the chances are if most people were asked today, to name one thing, they wouldn't think wisdom. A lot of people would say, I want X amount of finances. I want this to be removed. I want this, I want that. Solomon says, I want wisdom. I don't know how to lead your people. In fact, what Solomon asked for isn't even got to do with his own self. He asked for wisdom to lead others. And God says, if you go and read it in your own time, says, wow. Because, well, he doesn't say wow. That's just the emphasis. <laughs> he says, wow, you've asked not for riches for yourself, not for the life of your enemies. You've asked for wisdom. And because you've not asked for riches or for this person to be killed or for you to get a promotion or for you to get married or any of those things, I'm going to give you all of those riches and all of those things that you desire as a result of asking for wisdom. Because of his selflessness, because of not walking in earthly wisdom, God blesses him abundantly. Can I encourage you that if you are going to chase after anything in 2022, ask for wisdom. 
chase for wisdom. Because a lot of the times, the things that you need answers for, whether it be in your workplace, whether it be in your relationships, the things that you need guidance for, it's all going to stem from wisdom. The wisdom that you do or you don't have. But in order to get that wisdom, you firstly have to desire and seek for godly wisdom. Once you desire it, once you seek for it, number two, of course, you need to ask for wisdom. Someone say, ask for wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5 says this. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. The scripture says, if we lack wisdom, we are to ask. Now, let me ask you a question. Would the Bible say that if we lack wisdom, we are to ask if it wasn't possible to lack wisdom? It wouldn't say that, would it? So the very fact that it says if we lack wisdom, we should ask means it's possible to lack wisdom. Okay? And so he says, if you lack wisdom, ask. I will also add to that by saying it's possible to ask for wisdom, receive that wisdom, and yet become complacent in the level of wisdom you have been given. Again, Solomon was the wisest man ever, but he was not born that way. He simply remembered what his father David told him, and he asked for it when he was given the opportunity. But Solomon wasn't the only one. In fact, we see a very good example in the word of God of someone asking for wisdom in the life of Daniel. Look at these two verses very carefully. Daniel chapter 2 verse 30 and then Daniel chapter 2 verse 23. In Daniel chapter 2 verse 30, this is what Daniel says. Look at this. He says, but as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living. And he was a wise man. But this is what he's saying. He says, but for our sakes who make known the interpretation to the king, and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. To give you some context, David needed an answer. He needed insight into a thing. And he eventually gets that wisdom, and he says, I haven't got this wisdom because I'm wiser than anyone else. I've got this wisdom because God has afforded it to me. When you look a few verses earlier in Daniel chapter 2, verse 23, this is what Daniel says. He says, I thank you and praise you, O God of, of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might and, how, and have now made known to me, what does it say? What we asked of you. In other words, Daniel was saying, the reason why I was able to get the answer that I needed to the secret at hand isn't because I was wiser than anyone else. It's because I asked God for that wisdom, for this situation, and he gave me the wisdom that I needed in order to apply that to this situation. Are you following me? Again, I cannot re-emphasize to you how important it is that in your prayer time this year, you are asking God for wisdom. For many of us, we're looking for solutions to the things. We're looking for direction. We're looking for clarity. We're looking for guidance. But actually, we should look at the word of God. And we should look at David and we should look at Solomon and we should look at Daniel and we should look at James and we should look at Joseph and we should learn from their example that actually I need wisdom. I need the wisdom that comes from above in order to reveal to me the answers for the things that I need. The Bible has so much to say 
on wisdom, especially in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 1 tells us to call for wisdom. Proverbs 2 tells us the value of wisdom. Proverbs 4 tells us wisdom brings us security. Chapter 8 tells us the excellence of wisdom. Chapter 9 shows us the way of wisdom. In other words, it's all there for your taking. You just need to desire it and ask God for it. And lastly, number three, how do we become wise? Lastly, number three, get amongst wise people. Get amongst wise people. In 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 24, it says, Now all the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom. Just take that in for a moment. All the earth sought for his wisdom. We have some great speakers and leaders today. Think about how many followers they have. Think about how many people attend their events, their seminars, subscribe to their things. In Solomon's day, there was hardly anyone on the earth did that, that did not want his wisdom. The whole earth sought for his wisdom, which who had put in his heart? Books? Videos? What, what does it say? What does it say? Which God had put in his heart. Remember, this is the same Solomon that asked God for wisdom. Because God gave him wisdom, people of the earth sought for his wisdom. I do, not wa- I do not know where you are looking to wisdom for, but your primary place should be God. And for Solomon, because he got godly wisdom, the whole earth sought for the wisdom that he had put in his heart. People came from all over, including in 1 Kings 10, the queen of Sheba. As rich and as wise as she was, she traveled several miles to hear the wisdom of Solomon. There is a saying that you are your company. In other words, if you want to be foolish, hang around foolish people. If you want to be wise, hang around wise people. If you want to be around lazy people, if you want to be around gossips, just hang around them and see how quickly their lifestyle becomes your lifestyle. Likewise, if you want to be wise, get amongst wise people. The Queen of Sheba knew this. This is why she was happy to travel an incredible distance. Wise recognizes wise. She was wise, but she realized, you know what? In order to grow and go to the next level, I need to be willing to do what it takes to get into the company of wise people around me. Can I encourage you this year to look at where and how you want to grow and to make a decision that I'm going to put myself in the company of wise people. But how many of you know that in order to put yourself in the company of wise people, you also have to be wise? Because wise people are not going to want your company if your company is not wise. So above all, it is so important that we desire wisdom, that we ask for wisdom, and that we get amongst wise people people. It was so important that when it comes to wisdom, we ask not just for any type of wisdom, but from the wisdom that comes from above. The wisdom that is heavenly, that is full of peace, that is purposeful, and that is pure in order to guide us throughout 2022 and beyond in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take a moment to bow our heads.
Would you go ahead and take a moment in your seats just to ask God for wisdom? His word says if any of us lack wisdom, we should ask. Maybe there are particular areas in your life that you need answers to, questions that you have, clarity that you require. Maybe there are things that you even desire and you're not sure how to go about pursuing those things. Would you ask God right now for wisdom? In fact, maybe there are some things you're pursuing that you've become tired of pursuing. Maybe there are some decisions that you need to make in the next few days, weeks, or months. Would you ask God right now to give you the wisdom to be able to face those decisions? Maybe you're thinking about changing career. Maybe you're thinking about changing direction. Maybe you're thinking about moving. Maybe you're thinking about leaving a thing, a place, a friendship, a relationship, but you don't know if it's the right thing to do. You don't know how, you don't know when. Ask God for wisdom. Maybe God has opened doors for you. He's brought you before great people, given you opportunities that you need to know how to navigate. Would you go ahead right now and just take a moment and say, Lord, give me wisdom. Above all, I need wisdom. The ability to discern, the ability to make good judgment, the ability to know the direction to go in. Give me the wisdom that comes from above that is full of that purity, that is full of peace, that is purposeful, that I may walk in that wisdom throughout 2022. In Jesus' name, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I want to pray for you if you're here.